Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. and appreciate what God is about to do in this place. Let's go to the book of Psalms. Psalms 144 and verse number 1 where I feel like the Lord has directed me to go today as I was driving in. I just felt something come over me about uh, this scripture text and I I, want to deliver my soul unto you tonight. I've never been one that, that desired just to deliver a cute sermon, just something that would be talked about. But uh, my wife and I have always desired to follow the leading of God and, and preach what God wanted to be preached that hour. And uh, so that's what I'm here to do. I want to do what the Lord had me to do. We're going to go to the book of Psalms, 144 and 1. 144 and 1. The Bible says, Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. My hands to war and my fingers to fight. My goodness my fortress, my high tower, my deliverer, my shield, and in him and he in whom I trust, who subdueth my people under me. Lord, what is man? Lord, what is man that thou takest knowledge of him? Or the son of man that thou makest account of him? Man is like to vanity. His days are as a shadow that passeth away. In verse 5, what I would really like to launch from tonight, it says, Bow thy heavens, O Lord, and come down, touch the mountains. Everyone say that with me. Touch the mountains. Touch the mountains, and they shall smoke. I really, that's all I'm going to read. Verse 5, I'm going to cut it off there. Bow thy heavens, O Lord, and come down and touch touch the mountains, and they shall smoke. I like that, because even the mountains have to do something when God touches it. Isn't that amazing? Uh, Something hadn't moved in centuries. When God touches it, the Bible says something will happen. They shall smoke. His touch brings a response. Notice that it's, it's it's, it's, it's His touch. Touch the mountains, and they shall smoke. His touch brings a response. I feel like possibly the greatest tragedy in our generation is to have a touch only. God's plan far exceeds just a touch. God wants to do more than just thrill our soul. You know, this is the thing. We're in a very... If I can say this, Pentecostalized generation right now, where everybody's getting a little churchy. Have you noticed that lately? They even throw terms around like Baptocostal now, because everybody's starting to get spiritual. But but in that in that in this kind of movement, when it's becoming more welcoming, at least here in the states, than it you know than it ever has been before, that we've got other denominations now that are opening up to tongue talking and. And receiving the Spirit of God. And we got to understand something. It's more than just a touch. It's more than just feeling God. I, I love to feel Him. I, I love when this great 
minister of music sings. He's, he's one of the best in my opinion. And when him and his wife minister and play, I feel something. But there's much more to this thing than just what you feel. God's touch is powerful, but there's so much more beyond his touch. And I, I, I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about beyond the touch. Everybody say that with me. Beyond the touch. God's plan goes well beyond a touch. So let's put our Bibles aside tonight. I, I want to step into the a moving of the Spirit, but I want to find the plan of God tonight. I want to find the Word of God tonight. I want to hear from heaven tonight. If you can, I want you to lift up both your hands unto the Lord, and let's just ask the Lord to help us. Father, we love you. So thankful for what we feel in this place. God, your hand is here. Lord, we know that you're touching, but God, you've got a reason for your touch. You don't waste touches. You don't entertain folks. God, you got a plan behind your powerful touch. you got something that you'd like to do. you got a mission that you'd like to see accomplished. God, I pray tonight. Lord, that you would help us, Lord, move ourselves beyond the realm of us being touched by God. But God, let us follow after you. Let us do something with this touch tonight, God. Touch the mountains and they shall smoke. God, I know if you touch someone in this room, you're going to make something happen, Lord. There will be a response. There will be a change. There will be deliverance, God. In the name of Jesus we pray and ask you to help us. Hallelujah. In your wonderful name we pray. And everybody say in Jesus' name. Jesus. Clap your hands unto the Lord and you may be seated. Thank you for standing. The Word of God is full of instances where God touches humanity. The ministry of Jesus Christ we find him touching humanity, changing their physical, but not only their physical, but their psychological issues. In the book of Matthew chapter 8, Jesus comes down from the mountain, and there was a leper that came and worshipped him and said, If thou will, thou canst make me clean. So Jesus, the Bible says, put forth his hand and touched him. And immediately the scripture says that he was cleansed. Matthew 8 and 4, Jesus said unto him, he said, See thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself unto the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. He was touched by Jesus, but then Jesus gave him some instructions. The same God that touched is the same God that spoke. Some people don't understand that about Jesus. Jesus can do more than touch you. He can actually speak to you. This power, this spirit can actually communicate with humanity, can tell you things, can show you things, can direct you to places. And at this time, the leper was touched, but Jesus said, there's a place that I want you to go. There's something that I want you to do. There's a plan beyond the touch. The point that I want to bring to this great apostolic church tonight is simply this. Anytime there is a touch from God, it always leads to a word. Always, always leads to a word. Let me tell you something about God. He don't waste touches. 
God doesn't touch people just simply to thrill them. God's much smarter than that. God's got a plan that far exceeds just simply a touch. There's always a purpose for the touch, and there's always a word beyond it. When God touches your life, you must be willing to listen and follow after God's plan. There's too many people in our current generation that get the touch, but they never receive the word that was intended for that touch. I don't just want a goosebump. I want that unchangeable, that word that can make a difference in my life, in my heart, and in my family. If God is touching us tonight, we must listen to what God is telling us because I don't want to be content with just a touch. I want the word that comes with it. There's always a word beyond the touch. I always felt like God uses touches to grab our attention. If I ever touch someone, Bishop, if I ever, with, with, you know, if I'm wanting to get someone's attention, I'm, I'm a contact guy. I, I try to warn people about that. I, I try to tell pastors, I don't mean to offend you, but most of the time I'm going to pat you on the back, I'm going to squeeze you on the shoulder, I'm going to grab your hand. But there'll be, there'll be times that I'll just, when I want to get someone's attention, I will, I will, I will touch them. I will, will touch the shoulder, you know, when they're not paying attention or they're, all, they're on their way doing something. A lot of times you'll, you'll peck on their shoulder. God's touches are that way. God's trying to get your attention for a plan, for a word. God doesn't just, you got, you got to get beyond just, oh, thank you, Jesus, for that. Now, why, why did he do that? What, what, what was the purpose for that? There, there, there's more to it. Let me tell you, if God wakes you up in the midnight hour, he's not doing it just to let you know he's inexistent. He probably wants you to pray for somebody. He probably has somebody you need to call on their name. We can't get so used to the touch that we forget that God has a purpose and a word for that touch. Hallelujah. God's got a purpose for his touch tonight. I believe God gets our attention on purpose and we must be aware that God is desiring to use us. That God is wanting to use us. When Jesus touched the man that was full of devils, he gave him a word. I'm telling you, God wants to speak to our hearts. God wants to speak to our hearts. He wants to communicate with us. He wants to speak to our hearts. He wants to lead us places. He wants to lead us to people. Jesus touched the, the man that was full of devils, and then he gave him a word. I'm glad for people that stick around for the word. I'm glad for people that will listen for his voice. What are you trying to tell me, God? What do you want me to hear tonight, God? What do you want me to do tonight, God? I'm not so wrapped up in an emotional touch, God, that I'm not listening. I, I want to know what I should do from this point on. So the Bible says, Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but he said unto him, Go home. He said, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee and had compassion on thee. God says, I've touched your life, but I've got something that I want you to do. You've met the master. Now it's time to get involved in the mission. Got to go beyond the touch. 
You got to go beyond the touch. God wasn't happy with just converting the man. He wanted that man to go tell somebody about Jesus Christ. I want my life to exemplify that. When God touches me, his touch is so great that I can't keep quiet about his goodness. I can't keep quiet about his grace. I got to go tell somebody about it. I got to go touch somebody else. God knows just where to send people. And where God sends people, God will always provide. I have found that out. Where God guides, he will provide. Where God tells you to do something, go somewhere, he will always make the difference. Bible said he departed and began to, to publish into capitalists how great things Jesus had done for him, and all the men did marvel. The touch was only the beginning. Got to listen for the word, and then you got to respond to it. Because that word will direct you somewhere. That word is directional. Romans 6, excuse me, Romans 8 and 13. The Bible says, For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, are the sons of God. Being touched by God is great, but what God is really looking for is somebody that will be led by what you are touched by. The touch is leading us somewhere. The touch is wanting us to go somewhere. It didn't say as many as are touched by God, but it says as many as are led by God. At some point, you've got to transition that way in your life that you're not just somebody who's touched by God, but you're somebody who's led by God. We've got to mobilize this church once again that we are walking in the Spirit and being led by God, the people of our community. What happened to those days that God sent me here? God brought me here. God wants me to pray for you. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And many people have misconstrued this concept and said, well, that's just for the preachers. That's what the pastor's for is to go and to pray and to preach. No, this is what God would like for us all to do is be led by the Spirit that we are touched by. We've got to do something with what God has given us, and God will provide. Being touched by God is great, but what God is really after is somebody who will be led by what you are touched by. The touch is leading you somewhere. The same spirit that touches you wants to lead you. Some folks get touched by God, but they stop there. They stop at the touching zone. And that's great. There, there really is no greater thrill than to know that God has touched your soul. But God is wanting you to touch humanity. God's wanting to lead you into some places that you can help somebody, that you can move. It's not just as many as are led by the Spirit, excuse me, are touched by, but they are the sons, are the ones who are led by. There's something beyond the touch. God, God is not happy with a generation of touch junkies that get happy every now and again. 
He wants sons. That's really what God is looking for. He's looking for sons. And you can't be a son until you're led by the Spirit of God. What do you mean God's got a purpose for the touch? I'm telling you, I know this is going to sound crazy, but when God touches you in Walmart, He's not just thrilling your soul and entertaining your heart. He's probably got somebody in that store that needs to hear the gospel. He's trying to wake you up. When you feel the touch of God in the midnight hour, you don't need to roll over and go back to sleep. You need to rise up in prayer and say, God, what are you doing with me? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? I'm telling you how we're going to turn this city upside down or right side up. It's by raising up sons and daughters who ain't ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ that if God touches you in the park, you're going to move with a touch. If God touches you at the post office, you're going to move in the post office. I believe our God has that kind of precision. God has that kind of precision. We just think we know what we're doing, but we don't. God's got pinpoint position. I mean, he can just, he can make it happen. This is something I've been, I've been trying. I'm not perfect at it, but I've been trying, God, when you touch me, Lord, let me be bold enough to do what you want me to do. Be bold enough, Lord. I don't want to just be somebody that can operate in the house. I've looked through the book of Acts, and I've seen the pattern. I've seen the revival, and a lot of it didn't happen inside of a building. It happened in the streets. And if we're going to have a street revival, we're going to have to walk in the Spirit of the Lord. We're going to have to trust God. I've been been for years, I've been trying to direct everybody to our services when I realized that actually God can help me in that moment with them in that moment. And the Lord's been dealing with me lately and, and telling me, you know, it, it may not, am I not big enough to help them right now? You know, it's really dangerous on Monday when our evangelism can only get to the following Sunday. It's a long period of time. They may never make it to the house of God. Got to be willing to respond. I, I, I'm telling you how precise God done something so awesome. Here a few weeks ago, I, w- I was flying out of Nashville and I was trying to get to um, Brother Shoulders Church for a conference. Brother Osborne was preaching, and I was in a hurry, and I was in Jackson by myself, and I was—I I actually got lost. But how many knows when you get lost, God knows where, where you're at? Sometimes God will get you lost on purpose just to do something with you. I, I, I got lost. I didn't know. I, 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 I took a wrong turn. I, I really wasn't lost, but I was on the wrong side of town. It kind of frustrated me, and I'm thinking, man, i got to get to Nashville. i got to get this done. And... Uh, and, and I just, I just, there was just something on me that said, you know what, you ought to go to Ross. Anybody ever been to Ross? I could tell some of you ladies had that touch a lot. You know, I need to go to Ross. That ain't always the touch of God. Amen, men? Amen. That ain't always God. But this time, I, did, I just felt, I just felt to go to Ross. And I, I just thought, no, I don't have time. I mean, I was right there on the interstate, and I thought, no, I'm just going to go on to Nashville. But, but I just, I don't know, I just had one of those feelings. I'm just, I'll just go. I said, fine, I'll go. So I, I watched, there's a TJ Maxx, there's, well, I don't think there's TJ Maxx, but there's a few other stores all right there together, hundreds of people, hundreds of parking spaces, and I pulled right there into Ross, and I'm getting out of the vehicle thinking I'll just take 10 minutes, I'll come out. So I walked, right, right when I got out of the vehicle, I looked behind me, and there was a Cadillac, and I recognized the Cadillac, and it was my aunt. 
My aunt was part. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, about 100, probably 1,000 car spaces and, and now any time of day, and I see my aunt. And I thought, well, that's strange. So I looked back at her, just peeped around the corner, and she had a cell phone up to her head, and she was crying. And I thought, man, what's wrong with my Aunt Lisa? So I, I went back there to her. I said, what's going on? She started crying. She said, I'm having the roughest day of my life. I feel like I don't have anybody. Nobody cares about me. I've got this flat tire, and I don't know what to do. And I said, well, I'm here. I said, I can't do a lot of things, but I can fix this flat tire. And then it just, it just hit me at that moment how, how God just put me in that position to let somebody know that our God is real. Our God can make a difference. And I'm telling you, in the kingdom of God, there's no coincidences. I'm telling you, God knows what he's doing. got to be open to it. got to be open to following after the Lord. When, when the Lord touches you, you need to ask him, God, what do you want me to do? Why are you touching me, Lord? You know, what, what, do, I, what do I need to do? You're not just doing this just for, for, for anything. Who do I need to pray for, God? What, how can I help somebody? Maybe it's changing a tire. Maybe it's paying for a meal. Maybe, who knows? But Lord, Lord, just let, me, let me follow after your touch. The revival in the house of Cornelius. God's touching and angels are speaking. The angel spoke to Cornelius to send men to Joppa to find one named Peter. You'd think being in the presence of angels would be enough, but it wasn't. And before Peter ever saw those three men, God had already spoke to him to go. Now see, he's on the rooftop getting touched by God, getting visions and getting words from God. At this point, angels are speaking and directing. Peter's having visions and hearing voices. He's on a rooftop having an experience with God, which is great. But there comes a moment when you've got to be led by the Spirit of God. There comes a moment that it's got to be more than just a touch. You see, he's on the rooftop being touched by the Spirit. Peter's having an incredible touching moment with God, that God's showing him things, that God is doing things in his life. But there was something beyond the touch. I want to, I want to read something to you. Acts 10 and 19, the Bible says, while Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said, isn't that amazing? The Spirit has a voice. Yeah, I'm on this rooftop and I'm touching you, but I've got a direct word for you. There's something that you've got to do. What are you saying, Brother Chess? Are you telling me that God will tell me to go somewhere? Absolutely I am. This New Testament church is a spiritually dynamic church, and when God speaks to you, we need to respond. Lord, have mercy, sister. If God's put a burden on your heart for a neighborhood, it's time for you to invade that neighborhood. It's time for you to respond to the touch of God. And God will make a way. While Peter thought on this vision, while the Spirit is touching him, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. In verse 20, the very bold thing that God told him to do, he said, Arise, therefore, get thee down, go with them, doubting nothing. Just go on a word. In other words, just go on a hunch. That's all you've got is a word, and that's what I want you to do. I want you to go on that word. Just obey me. Just do what I'm asking you to do, and don't ask any questions. 
was in Germany last year, and I ran into our, our, our missionary to Norway. He drove 16 hours to be in service with us, and he was on his way to Bulgaria. And as he's sharing, now understand this, I'm on a missions trip. I'm on a trip that, that, that it's, it's totally, I have to raise the money myself. I have to take care of everything. I don't get anything for doing it. So I'm there, as a, and I'm gone for two weeks. So my finances are just not in abundance. Is that okay to say? I'm not overrun with, with euros. <laughs> It's very expensive over there if you're not aware of that. So I'm there, and I, I run into to, um, what's his name from Norway? Anybody? Spear. There we go. Ran into Brother Spear, and he was telling me about Bulgaria, and it touched my heart. And I'd really been praying and preaching this stuff, and God's like, are you going to live it or are you just going to preach it? So I thought, well, God, I might ought to live it. So I said, yes, God, I'm going to live it. So you know what the Lord said? The Lord said, give the man 50 euros. You know, I, I, for a second there, I thought about reminding God. But then, you know, you know, he knows about that. He knows of where I'm at. He knows my, my finances. And I felt in my heart. So you know what I did? I've learned to do this. Before I doubted, asked any questions, I went to my backpack. I went, I, I just told, I mean, when it hit me, when Brother Spirit was telling me about this revival and what God was going to do, when that hit me, I just said, hang on, bro. I went to my bag and I brought him back 50 yards. I set it down. I said, brother, take this, the Spirit. I just felt it on me. Before I take it back from you, put it in your wallet. Please, take it away. Take it away. So I, I, I gave him them 50 euros that, my Lord, I could have used that week and the week after and the week after. But I gave it to him. I gave him those 50 euros. And within 45 minutes, someone came up to me and handed me an envelope and said, the Lord told me to give you this. And when I opened it up, it was 100 euros. I've been overseas several times. That's the only offering I've ever received. Somebody just coming in. God knows what he's doing. When God says do it, just do it. Don't worry about it. He can make it. He can make it happen. Doubt nothing. Trust that voice. To mobilize this thing. We got to get back to, 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 to being there. Yeah, will, will God tell? Yes, He will. Yes, He will. Will God send me somewhere I've never been to meet someone I've never met and talk to them? Absolutely. I believe in every city I preach, there's always a Cornelius somewhere. But we got to get to Cornelius. We got a mentality that says, let them come to where we're at. But God says, you got to go. you got to go and doubt nothing, for I've sent them. So the Spirit said, get thee down and go. Get off the rooftop, Peter. Come down from that touch-by-God zone and start walking in the Spirit. How long are we going to stay on the rooftop enjoying our experience with God before we start walking in His Sonship saying, God, direct me with what I'm feeling? Let me be a light to this world. Let me be someone that makes a mark in humanity. As awesome as that rooftop experience was, when Peter got to that house and started preaching, the Bible said that the Holy Ghost fell. 
what touched him led him to the house of court. That kind of precision, folks. Our God, don't doubt God. Do not doubt God. Bible says in Acts 10 and 44, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them, which heard the word that he commanded all of them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. What kind of revival could Mount Carmel have if everybody who's been touched by God would be led by God? Everybody that's received the Holy Ghost that God could send you to somebody's life. Yeah, I see her in that grocery store. She's suicidal. She's a single mom. I trust that person. I'm going to touch them. I'm going to touch them right now. What are we going to do? Oh, thank you, God, for the touch. Are we going to say, Lord, let me help somebody today. Let me pray for somebody today. Let me be a person of... Come on, lift up your hands if you want God to help you and direct you. It's amazing when, when, when Sister Chester and I first started traveling and making these trips, Brother McGee, as you can imagine, my first worry was resources, was always resources. Because you've been out there like I have. There's weeks that you cut it close, if not, you know. So you got that to deal with, and God's saying, I want, I want, to, I want to take you these places. I want to do these things. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's very nice, God, but how's that going to happen? Where's the resources going to come from? You know, I, I realize some of the places that I go to, it takes everything they've got to help. And I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't, you know, just keep asking and keep asking, how are you going to do it? And, and, and the Lord just showed me. He said, son, if you will be willing to go, I will make a way. If I guide you, I will provide for you. And I thought, well, God, you know, it's like I hung on to a preacher said a few months ago, and I'd, I'd never let go of it. But he said, God, if it's your will, then it's your bill. If it's your will, I'm not going to worry about that stuff. That's your, that's your job. If it's your will, it's your bill. So one of our first trips that we took um, last year, our, our first, excuse me, two-week trip, that we actually, you know, it's cheaper to go over and actually travel there than it is to come back and then go back. So we decided to, to do two revivals. So we went to Russia and we went to Germany, and me and my wife went, and, and I mean, God just done some awesome stuff. And then we come back home, and we get to the motel, my next revival, Brother McGee, was less than 20 minutes from the airport that I flew in. So we got thousands of miles, and we get to the airport, and my next revival's right down the road. And we get a phone call. Right when I come back, I get a phone call back from Germany. New pastor I've never preached for says, we desperately need you for revival. And I thought, well, that's cool, but I don't know how in the world I'm going to get over there. Because, you know... That's only seven days away, and I have no cash. I have no cake. have no mucho dinero. I'm out of euros. I'm just being real with you folks. I, I, don't, I didn't know what I was going to do. But God reminded me of a promise that I made. I promised God, Lord, if you'll open up the door, I'll walk through it. I'll do the best that I can. So you, you, you imagine myself in this position needing some mucho dinero and I'm only 20 minutes away from Brother Batson. My next revival, I can literally walk to my next revival. And now this door is open. Not only am I going to have to cancel that, but I'm going to have to raise the money to get a plane ticket to get over there. So I really started thinking, God, is this really your will? You know, it seems like your will's 
20 minutes down the road instead of 9,000 miles back across the waters. But the Lord reminded me of that. So I talked to two or three men, and I'd done something bold. I did. I just said, God, okay, if you open up the door, I'll walk through it. So I committed. My wife was standing right there when I finally decided. After talking to three or four men, I said, I'm going to do it. Not one committed offering at the time. I says, I'm going to do it, God. I'm giving up. I don't know how it's going to happen. don't know where it's going to come from, but I'm saying yes. I said yes. And within 45 minutes... My plane ticket was bought. 45 minutes. God knew what he was doing. God knew what he was doing. I'm trying to tell someone in this room, don't doubt God if he's telling you to do something. Just do it. Just do it. Let God work out the details. It was on this trip, so I come back, and then I, I, go, I go right back. I get right back on the plane. I go right back to Germany, and I preach for a man. I preach for a guy, and man, hi, man, the Lord just moved on Friday, moved on Saturday. The, the Saturday that I was there, that, that it's just miraculous that I got over. The Saturday that I was there, and, and I don't know if any of you have heard about this or read about it, but anyway, I'm going to tell you about it anyway. But I'm, 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 in, I'm in Mannheim, and this pastor tells me, he says, I want to uh, take you to Heidelberg. And I said, Man, that sounds great. Let's go to Heidelberg. So we go to Heidelberg to eat lunch, and he tells me, he says, you know, this is a nice place. And, and I mean, it was beautiful, one of the most beautiful countries I've ever, or, or cities I've ever been in, but it didn't have an apostolic church. So immediately, my heart was just burdened for this city. And then we're walking downtown Heidelberg. We'd already eaten, and I am freezing cold. I did not pack well on this trip. I guess I thought I was going to Jamaica instead of a sub-zero climate. And I, I, am, I am cold. I am freezing cold. And I'm like any great American in this country. When you're cold, you desire Starbucks. That's just the way it is. You just desire Starbucks or Dunkin's. Come on, give me a break, somebody. I see somebody back here. What is it, Folgers? I don't know. Whatever it is, you want coffee. So I thought, I want coffee. So I saw the Starbucks, and I said, I want to go to the Starbucks. Now, y'all know me. Most of the time, I'm go with the flow. I've learned to be a good evangelist. Crack the whip. I'll make the trip. Whatever you say, I'll do it. McDonald's, yes. Let's go to McDonald's. Shoney's, yes. Normally, I don't go against the grain. But this day, I said, I want to go to that Starbucks. And this pastor looked at me. He said, let's go on down the road. And normally, I would just be like, okay. But that day, hear me, that day, I said, I really want some Starbucks. I said, I will go in myself, I'll get it to go, and I'll be right back out. I promise, won't take a second. He said, fine, let's go in. So we walk in that Starbucks. I grab my cup of coffee, and I sit down. And immediately when I sit down, a man spoke up, a total stranger, in perfect English, said, where are you from? And I said, I'm from Tennessee. And he said... What part of Tennessee? I said, a place you've never heard of. He said, try me. I said, Pocahontas, Tennessee. He said, I know where that's at. And I thought, okay. All right. I said, I know people, you know, that live 30 minutes from Pocahontas, Tennessee that don't know where Pocahontas, Tennessee's at. I'm in Germany, and you're telling me you know where. He said, yeah, I know where it's at. He, so we got this conversation, this, this connect point with this guy, and he talks to me, and he says, he says so um, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm preaching revival 30 minutes away in Mannheim. He said, really? He said, what do you believe? I said, well, we're apostolic Pentecostal. He said, you believe, this, you believe the gift of tongues, don't you? I said, you're right, I do. 
And he said, well, something strange happened to me not too long ago. He says, I'm driving down the road. He said, I feel something get a hold of me, and I start crying. He said, I don't know what's going on. He said, I pull over the side of the road. He said, I lift my hands. I start speaking another language. He said, the church that I go to don't believe in it. He said, actually, the denomination I'm a part of says that that book is shut and it shouldn't be happening. He says, but I'm on the side of the road speaking in another language as the spirits give the utterance. I said, sir, that's the Holy Ghost. I said, that's what... God knows what he's doing. Why would God tell me to go to Germany? Why would he tell me to go and start? He's that precise. Beyond the touch. So to boot, I never, I never thought I'd see this man ever again in my life. So I thought on my way out... I just shoot, man, I'll just go for it all. I said, man, how do you feel about baptism? He said, well, according to Acts 2.38, you got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall... I said, that's right. And then he looked at me and said, you know, because without the name of Jesus, there's no remission of sins. I said, you're telling the truth, man. That's it. Our God... Pinpoint. Pinpoint accuracy. Follow his touch. Feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Let's lift our hands unto him. Follow his touch. Just trying to encourage a little, trying to rekindle a little fire in your soul. Follow the touch tomorrow. Manabaha shatai. Darabu shatarabaha. Lord, I'm going to tell you this story. You're going to see some more. You're going to see some stuff tomorrow night. It's pretty cool. But I'm going to tell you about our recent trip to Lebanon. Um, Brother Zar, I don't know if you've got, met him or, or have had him through here. Brother Zar is a great, great man of God. He's doing a work, great work in the Middle East. And uh, he, we went to Lebanon, but he wanted to add on to our Lebanon trip a trip to Cairo, Egypt, which, which was very uh, strange and dangerous and unstable. But we went anyway and went on faith and you know, met up with some locals. This is crazy. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you more about that tomorrow. But we ended up just just picking, you know, this place in downtown Cairo, a place we was going to rent. We, we took a pastor that we just baptized in Jesus' name from Lebanon. Not from Lebanon. He was in Egypt, but we, we flew him to Lebanon, and he, he received the oneness. So now we're taking him back into Egypt to hopefully plant a church in downtown Egypt. You're talking about just... Just risking it all. So we, we get downtown, and this man met us there. He drove three hours. I'm, I'm talking about a God that's got pinpoint precision. The God that, I mean, you're, I'm talking about a God that knows the stars, ladies and gentlemen. God that knows the amount of hairs that's on your head. Right now, he knows how many hairs is on your head. That's how direct and how precise he is. So we get there, and this man shows up, and I'll never forget the look on his face. It's like he was the happiest man that we'd ever met. And he came three and a half hours because he heard what we were preaching. He heard about what we were going to be preaching that night, which was the oneness of God, which was Jesus' name baptism. And when he found out about what we were preaching, he started weeping with with joy because God had already gave him the revelation and he thought he was the only man in the world that believed this Acts 2.38 message. 
I'm telling you, there's a Cornelius in this city. There are preachers in this city that are hungry for the word of God. We got to find them. We got to get off the rooftop and get beyond the touch by God zone. Lift your hands with me. God will provide wherever he directs you. Don't worry, go and doubt nothing. I'm praying something in the people of God in this room because there's a great work that God wants to do this year. But we've got to have an awakening in our soul. We've got to get that. We, gotta, we, gotta, we can't let this experience lay dormant. We can't check in and check out. It's just not possible. It's not healthy for us to only have spiritual experiences when we're in this building. It is the will of God for us to be touched here. It is the will of God for us to shout and dance. But I'm telling you, the enemy's happy as long as it never gets out there. He's happy as long as we never walk in the sonship of God. God is looking for sons and daughters that will walk in the Spirit. Let's lift our hands to him right now. Speak to us, God. Direct us. What would you have me to do? Where would you have me to go? Lord, I feel faith in this house tonight. Trying to encourage somebody. Don't be afraid to give when you're hurting. Don't be afraid to do something when you don't feel like doing it. God's got resources beyond your imagination. Be led by God. Doubt nothing. Yes. Oh, he's got a touch in here for somebody in this room right now. I feel the spirit of the Lord touching in this room right now. 1 Kings 19 and 4. The Bible said he went himself a day's journey in the wilderness, came and sat down under a juniper tree and requested for himself that he might die and said, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, the angel touched him. Watch this. The angel touched him and then said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked. Lord, you got to be willing to look for what God is directing you to. The, the, the angel touched him, but the touch wasn't it. There was a word that went with that touch. There was a word of direction, and the word of direction says, Rise up and eat. Now, at that time, Elijah could have very coherently said, you are out of your mind. There is nothing cake. There's no cake. There's no water. There's nothing for me to do. I'm going back to sleep. But when God says to rise up and eat, you don't have to worry about the meal. You don't have to worry about the fire. When God says something, it'll be prepared. He'll make a way when there seems to be no way. Where God guides, he will provide. So he looked, he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals. If you could just see what God has in store for you. It's time to rise up and eat. He will provide the food. God will never say arise and eat and have nothing for you. He will provide what you need to fulfill his word. If he says partake, mark it down. God's got something cooking on the coals for you. Can I tell you, I know some of you feel like you're in want. You feel like things haven't added up, like things are not happening like you think they should. But if you could only see what God has preparing for you. See, you don't even realize the fire's already created. The cake's already cooking. You just got to find it. He will never leave you nor forsake you. David said, I was young, but now I'm old. He said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor is she begging bread. You just got to hear him and respond to him.
Come on, I want somebody to stand right now and say, Lord, let me receive what you've got reserved for me right now. Let me receive what's cooking on the coals for me, God. You've got a blessing designed just for me. Do you have enough faith to say, yeah, I don't have the meal, I don't have the fire, but you do, God. You do, God. You can make a way. And God, surely you've spoken. And if you've spoken, you will provide. Come on, let's lift our hands. I feel like somebody's receiving from God right now. I'm telling you, the Spirit of the Lord is pumping something into this room right now. Somebody's receiving something from the Lord. He's touching right now. He's, he's touching somebody's life. Go on His Word. God will require you to go on His Word when there's nothing else to go on. When your resources don't make sense, when your strength don't make sense, when you know you have no meal, you have no fire, you have no water, God will require you to go just on His Word because He wants to prove to you when you don't have it, He has it. When you're down, He's got just what you need. I want to reach out to Him. The music comes. Elijah could have very easily said, it's not real. I don't have the meal. I don't have the cruise of oil. I don't have the water. I have no fire. I'm just going back to sleep. But something that day said, let me take a chance on this. Let me just see. He says, try me. I'm telling the Spirit of the Lord tonight is saying, try me. Give me a try. Give me a try. Come on, let's reach out to him. I'm telling you, there's, there, there is something so powerful that God's wanting to do in this room. God's about to touch somebody in this room with his power. Never be the same again. Let me tell you, at, at, at some point, we all have to realize that all God's touches are not the same. Isn't it amazing how God is able to touch so many different people with different needs? Aren't, aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful that there are people that come in here and maybe one's got a headache and one's got a stomach ache, but God's not saying, well, it's only headache night? I have seen revival in such a way that I've seen people on the floor repenting and crying and someone shouting over here at the same time. Because God's power is not limited to just one person or one touch. You are serving a versatile God. You are serving a God that is king of multitasking. He's got something cooking on the coals especially for you. Designed just for you. I want to tell you about Daniel. And I, I, I feel in... Struck the Lord to tell you about this before I close. But Daniel 8 and 18, 8 and 18, the Bible says, Now, as he was speaking with me, I was in a deep sleep on my face toward the ground, but he touched me and set me upright. Isn't that amazing? What Daniel is saying is, I'm down. But he touched me and set me upright. Don't that sound just like God? God knows when you're down. God knows when you're without. 
You think you're walking this valley alone? You are wrong. God knows about your pain. God knows about your emptiness. God knows about your despair. The enemy wants to make you believe that nobody knows about it. And maybe half the people in this room don't know about it. But there is a God who's got the hairs on your head numbered. So Daniel said, he found me on the ground. But he picked me up. Now watch what Daniel 10 and 10 says. The Bible says, Behold, a hand touched me which set me upon my knees, upon the palms of my hand. Total different touch. One touch got him from his, from his face up. Now he's up and the touch is taking him down. you got to learn to go with the touch. Every touch is not the same. Sometimes God touch says, let's repent. Sometimes God touch says, let's get up. Why is he touching me? There's a purpose. You got to find that purpose tonight. My favorite touch that Daniel ever experienced, he experienced three different touches. Number one, when he was down, he set him upright. Number two, when he was up, he put him down upon the palms of his hand. But number three, and I feel like this is the word of the hour. I feel like this is what this church needs. If you can stand, I want you to stand with me right now with your hands raised. Daniel 10 and 18, the Bible said, Then there came again and touched me one like the appearance of a man, and he strengthened me. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. Some of you right now, more than finances, more than a miracle in your body, you need a touch of strength tonight. You've been giving, you've been doing everything that you can, you've been working, you've been trying, but now you need a little heavenly strength. You need some provisionary strength that can only come from heaven. God is sending this church into an incredible revival, but it's going to take some incredible strength from God. And the Lord says it's time to receive that strength from Him right now. He, know, he knows you're weak. He knows you've been down. He knows that the enemy has, has thought he's got an advantage over you, but really he's just making a way for God's greatness and goodness to show up in your life. I would that somebody would lift their hands right now and say, God, if you've got a touch of strength for me and my ministry, I ask you, Lord, to touch me right now because I need a touch of strength. My strength is gone. I'm standing like Daniel, God. I've seen miracles. I've seen things happen, but God, I'm needing some strength. Reach out to him. Oh, there is. I'm telling you, there is a Lord have mercy as I move his spirit right now. If you need a touch right now, I want you to come. Let's fill these altars right now. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.